Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I might be young and uh, random, but I love the Bible. I'm like kind of geeky in that. I remember one time, one time, this is random thought I'm just having right now, but we're going to go there. I was doing this ministry at this, this place with a bunch of witches and warlocks, okay? They have this, they have this uh, New Age facility, and David was, where's David at? Somewhere. Anyways, David was going with me, and David was going to be leading worship, and long story short, this one, uh, this one lady came up to me who was into witchcraft, all this stuff, and uh, we told them, because they were coming, they were paying people to give them words and minister to them, okay, and all this stuff. So we were just kind of going in there, and then we went down and to take them away and to preach the gospel to them. We told them, hey, if you, want a, if you want a free word, why don't you come over here to us? So they started coming up, and we had been worshiping. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this lady says to me, she says, I tell her I'm a Christian. And at first she thinks, she thinks, well, you know, if you're a Christian, but you're here at this kind of a place, you must be kind of like, you know, liberal, you know, or kind of, you know what I mean? And she says, well, what kind of Christian are you? I said, I said I'm as Bible-believing as you can be. I, I'm as Christian as it gets. And she's looking at me, you know. And then we began to speak to her. She actually got radically healed. She, for like 15 years, she couldn't lift her arm up past here. She does it. She starts weeping. She goes, I got to go back to church. <laughs> Anyways, that's funny. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about transformation. Just a little bit. Any topic in the Bible cannot be summed up in one Sunday service. So I'm glad that I get to be around more and we could chat more about things. And I feel like in this church, this last month and a half that I've been kind of delving more into, you know, the leadership and seeing people that are around, I've recognized you don't really need me to preach to you because you all got it. And I'm just, I'm kind of feel like it's a community of conversation. So nothing I'm saying is anything I assume that you don't know. I think it's something for us to remind each other of the power of Jesus, of the message of Jesus, of the message of the apostles to stir one another on to good works. Yeah? And, and the more that I've actually been around, the more I really truly believe sincerely. I, I almost want people to speak to me. The more I'm around people, I'm like, oh, these guys, these guys are filled with so much faith. I just, I'm, I'm in awe. Um, so anyways, I just want to say that as a preface since you're getting to know me. My heart's coming here as a conversation, and I want to chit-chat about the glory of God and transformation. We're going to talk about Moses, we're going to talk about Jesus, and then we're going to talk about us, and what do we do to be transformed, okay? So, I'm going to start by saying this. When I was young, I remember a pastor saying, saying something along the lines of, if you want to see the glory of God, ask him to show you his glory, and I remember being a little kid, I was probably like seven years old or so, and I was in my bedroom, and I prayed, and I said, hey, God, show me your glory. And when I prayed that, I'm dead serious, this happened, a cloud came into my room. Now, when a cloud came into my room, I thought as a little kid, innocently, never read the Bible, don't know anything, you know, left or right about anything, I see this thing, this open vision, clear as day, this cloud come in, I'm a little, little kid, I, I look at it, I'm thinking about it, I'm laying in my bed, and I go... I go, well, that's weird. <laughs> I never thought about it again. 
I didn't think about it again. I didn't press into it. I didn't ask anybody about it. I had no one to disciple me. For me, it was, I said a prayer and that was it. But I wasn't walking in a community that was leading me and guiding me in the questions, the spiritual questions, different things. So I, I had this gnarly encounter where this cloud comes in. I thought, oh, that's really weird. I mean, that's kind of weird. So I, I fell asleep as a little kid. And it was about, I don't even know, 18 years later, around there, I don't know. I was in college. And, and at the end of college, I remember when, when I got filled with the Spirit. And all of a sudden, I was, I was, I was reading my Bible in college, by the way, I got really into drugs. I got arrested for, for doing drugs and, and stupid things like that. And my life got changed with five simple words from my friend. And it was, thank God for his grace. Um, anyways, that's a whole other story, but we're not going to go there today. But anyways, I was reading my Bible. And in my Bible, I was reading this story in the Old Testament about God's glory coming and filling the temple. And when God's glory came and filled the temple, it came as a cloud and filled and it was about his presence and his goodness. And it was manifested as a cloud in that story. And I remember when I was in college, I was reading, I go, I, I had, you know those crazy flashbacks you end up having? You go, oh my gosh. You haven't thought about it for a decade or and a half. And I thought, oh my gosh. When I was a little kid, I asked God to show me his glory. And I saw a cloud. And now I'm reading. When they asked to see his glory... He filled the place with a cloud. And I was just like, wow, God's really real. <laughs> but my main heart today is this idea of, practically speaking, how do we engage with God's transformation? Because if it's as simple as you'll just be transformed, then, my God, we could just do whatever, have coffee and just chill around, and there's really nothing. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a participation with God always in life. God doesn't have puppet strings on you, on every human making you. He wants to work with you. He wants to work in you, through you. He loves you. He says, turn to me, call to me. He doesn't say, don't worry about it, I'll call myself to you in a little bit. There's a participation with God. Yes? Are we all following? So, on that, there's a participation for us to be transformed. I don't know if you know this, but in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's only like three times that the word transform, this, this idea of being transformed, comes up in the Bible. Three times. One time, it's a story of Jesus being transformed or transfigured on a mountain. And two times spoken to the church about our obligation to be transformed. Yes? Now, you guys know the story about Moses. Moses, this is uh, Sunday school stuff. You all know this, I'm sure. So Moses is hanging out. They're in the desert. He hangs out with God for 40 days on a mountain. Yeah? He comes down. What was happening to him? He was glowing. Listen, if you hang out with God, something will happen to you. You're either going to glow Follow with me, or you'll get really, really religious and upset. But something will happen to you. Jesus says, blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Because when you meet them, you're either going to get offended, or you're going to get transformed. You're going to get offended or transformed. Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. And so God's challenging us to listen to him, to see him, to behold him. 
and to be transformed by him. So Moses came down shining, glowing, and they had to put a veil over his face, right? And do we know this, that when, when Moses actually said, God, show me your glory, do you know what God responded to Moses? God said, I will let my goodness, my goodness pass before you. Listen, God doesn't glow because he's a light bulb. God glows because he's love and he's good. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, like, he's just not, I'm just a bound up energy ball and I'm just light because I'm light. No, he's light because he's good. He's glowing, glorious, radiant, majestic. Why? Because he's worthy. Why? Because of who he is. God is good. And so when Moses says, God, show me your glory, he says, I will let my goodness pass before you. So the first thing I want to say is, when we talk right now about transformation, the glory of God, I could care less, well, I do care about it, but on a different level, about an encounter for the sake of encounter. This is about the goodness of God coming into your heart so that you could actually be kind to people, so that we can love people, so that we can be sacrificial, put others before ourselves, to love like Jesus, literally. The world needs us to represent him in a loving way, not in a mean, harsh way. Rah! You can say repent and believe a bunch of different ways, by the way. You can weep with someone. Yes. Pastor Chris, who used to be a part of this church, uh, well, like he's still part of the church. He's just not officially pastoring here. But he was guest speaking even a few weeks ago. But I remember one time we were on the beach, and I think he's told this story to this congregation, but I'm going to say it in a short version. But we were ministering on the beach, and we had a guitar, and I had a name tag that said Micah on it. And, and down the walkway, there was a group of transvestites. And... And this Marine guy comes over to us and starts talking with us. And I told him, like, hey, you grew up Catholic, or you grew up Christian, and da-da-da-da. He says, how do you know this about me? I said, I could just see it on you, buddy. And we started to minister to him. And then he looks down the, 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 the pathway at the beach, and he sees these transvestites. He goes, oh, how disgusting. And I said to him, I said, God loves them just as much as he loves you and me, bro. He looked at me so upset. He walked away, and I thought, well, there goes the ministry to that guy. I thought, whatever. So we keep worshiping. Next thing you know, two of the transvestites walk down the pathway to Chris, myself, and our friend Casey. And one of them goes and talks to Casey. One talks to uh, Chris and myself. And as he's talking, he's fully dressed like a woman, obviously, and he's talking, for those who don't know. And he's talking to me, and he looks at my name tag, and he says, hi. I said, hi. He says, what's your name? I said, Micah. He goes, that's hot. I go, I go, thank you. And he goes, he goes, you're hot. And I go, thanks. I said, God made me this way. And then Chris, Chris is laughing. And then he goes, what are you guys doing? And we said, you know, we're, uh, we're worshiping God. We're praising God. And he said, can you play me a song? We said, well, we'll play God a song, but you can listen. And he said, okay. So we start to worship, and as we begin to worship, God's presence literally just like, you know those moments? Sometimes you're worshiping, it takes you a little bit of time almost. I don't know, it's not even about feelings. But you just, sometimes we get so bogged up in our minds even, but to really recognize him, you know? But this was one of those moments, it was like, like one strum, like, <laughs> and, 
And I was like, whoa. And, uh, and I looked at this guy, and we're, we were talking to him, and I said, uh, I said, you grew up an orphan, and the foster kids were abused you in these ways, and you've been in this pain, and you want to get out of this lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. He says, like he's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris says, wait a second. Is, is this, this, this true? He says, yeah. And then all of a sudden, as we're talking to him, his voice immediately changes, and he goes, and as a man's voice now, he goes, to be honest, my name is Ronald. And uh, he gave his life to Jesus right there. He said, I want to leave this lifestyle. We gave him a Bible. Let him, you know, I let it, Lord. We gave him a Bible, gave him directions to the church. <laughs> and then all this stuff, we have a great time with him. We, we were having a fun time with our brother Ronald. And then Ronald had to go. And so Ronald leaves, and then his, his buddy leaves too. And, and our friend Casey comes over and says, what happened? We said, Ronald gave his life to Jesus and doesn't want to live like this anymore. We gave him, the, and he says, he says, the guy I was talking to gave his life to Jesus. And the same thing happened. The Marine guy comes over. The Marine guy comes over and says, what happened? And I said, I said, that guy just gave his life to Jesus. And the Marine guy said, where do you go to church? I told him where I went to church. He went to church with me for like two or three months straight. Every Sunday I took him to church. <laughs> Let's go. Anyways, wait, all that to say, all that to say, the glory of God is not just about an encounter so you can glow like Moses. It's so you can be transformed from the inside out and look like Jesus. And looking like Jesus doesn't mean, you know, wearing his old school turban. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, looking like him, like in a physical sense or walking around in the Sea of Galilee today and saying, I'm going to do my ministry there. It looks like Jesus because of his goodness. His love. We following? All right, so I'm going to skip some things so I don't have time. I actually don't even have a watch and there's no clock. I don't know what time it is. It's 10.18. You got 12 more minutes of fun. So I'm actually going to skip a few scriptures, and that's okay because we have every Sunday. And there's also Bible studies throughout the week, I heard, at Jay's house and different places. So, okay, let's open our Bibles. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Long story short, the book of Romans, from chapters 1 to 11, Paul is just laying out the gospel. Okay? Chapters 1 through 11, Paul is laying out the gospel. Chapter 1, people are in some problem. He says there's a problem going on. We all know the problem. It's a three-letter word. Starts with S, ends with N. Sin. That's, he says, this is a problem. A big, big, big problem. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord that he's come to fix the problem in Jesus. Okay, so he says this whole thing about the gospel. And then he goes on. He says, hey, you guys are new creations. You, were you baptized in the water? Should we keep sinning so God's grace may abound? God forbid. <laughs> How can we who died to sin continue to live in it? He says, don't you know that when you were baptized in water, you died with Christ? And that your old man was washed away. The power of sin was broken. He says in Romans chapter 6, you've been freed from sin. He says, therefore, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You have a new life, he says. There's a problem. The answer is Jesus it changes you. So that's Romans 1 through 8, really. 
But 9, 10, and 11, he goes on, he says, this is ultimately for the whole world. And he hits the part about the Jews and says, yeah, the Jews are partially hardened at this moment. Why? So Jesus could basically die for everybody. So the gospel could go to everybody. Romans 9 through 11. Read the whole passage, okay? So he says the whole thing, it's all about the gospel. Jesus is the answer. We become new people. We're transformed. You have to, by the way, I had this dream where Jesus stood before me. I fell down on my face. A guy was standing next to me, and the guy says to Jesus, I'm not worthy. Jesus looks at him and says, you'll grow up to my shoulders. Meaning this, if you continue to see yourself who you used to be, you'll never grow into the full stature of who he made you to be. Uh, okay? So, oh, Jesus. So in Romans, he's saying you need to see yourself as something. He says, present yourselves to God as instruments of righteousness for holiness. If you don't know that you've become an instrument of righteousness and you still think that you're an instrument of sin, you are never going to see holiness produced in your life. Part of the process of transformation is renewing your brain, renewing your mind, renewing the way you think about yourself and life because of Jesus. Not because of this or that or your feelings or that feeling, but because of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. And what he's done for us changes us. So, after saying all that, he says this in Romans chapter 12. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you. That's the same word for Jesus' transfiguration. Okay? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Many of your scripture passages will say by renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. Changing the way you think. If you would just follow me to one more passage. Then we're going to read that. And then we're going to ring it all around. Okay? This is in... 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If I had time and we were hanging out all together and we had food and everything and everybody was really, really happy, <laughs> then we'd probably read from 7 all the way to 18, okay? But I know, there's food. And we could actually talk about these things over food together, you know? So... Basically, in 7 through 18, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul speaking again to the church, and he says, he says that Moses, Moses hung out with God on the mountain. Moses began to shine his face, shining because of hanging out with him. And this is, <clears throat> this is what he says. The people of Israel, I'm in verse 7, the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? So Paul begins to make a connection between Moses and shining and Christians 
with the Holy Spirit being transformed. We all following? All right, we're going to read this verse right down here. This is verse 16. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Oh, yay. By the way, that freedom doesn't mean freedom to do whatever you want. It means freedom from sin. There's a big difference. Yay. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed. That's my translation, but it's, it's transformed into His glorious image. So... Bring it all. Ready, guys? God's glory is his goodness. Yes? God wants his goodness in you. The issue with sin, Jesus is the answer. But there's two ways that we can engage with the transformation of God. Number one, it's by renewing your mind. It starts with the gospel. It's your perceptions. It happens individually with God. It happens corporately with God. That's why church is actually so important. That's why hanging out around, because it it will actually change your life for the better. So often, all of a sudden, you find yourself alone, depressed, in a bubble, yes? And your mind, you start to see the world through a certain lens that's really depressing. But it's not seen through the light of Jesus. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. That's why the gospel is so, so important to fully get. Secondly, you're transformed as you behold him. The Bible says that we're transformed into his image from glory to glory as we behold him. So our transformation isn't just a Bible study. And our transformation isn't just rolling around on the ground in a a charismatic moment. Our transformation is found in him, rooted in him in what he says and who he is. And being with him changes us from the inside out because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? If Moses shined with glory, how much greater glory does God have for each of us? And if it's a greater glory, that doesn't mean just a, a wild experience. It means for us to show forth the goodness. Listen, Moses brought tablets of stone a law. You live the, he says, I'll write it on your heart. You don't try to be an orange tree, right? I got to say that now. An orange tree doesn't stand there and go, orange. (laughs) Yes? No, I told this to the youth, I got to preach at the youth group this week uh, with the high schoolers and it was amazing. I had so much fun with them. They're wild. But an orange tree doesn't go, orange. An orange tree is receiving water, wind, sun, and it just produces oranges. It's a natural byproduct of being an orange tree. Yes? If you get the nutrients. It's the same thing with being a Christian. How much greater glory, how much greater goodness gets to come from us? Not people who are trying to live goodness by a law, but people who live goodness by the grace of God, the power of God, by the Holy Spirit. Let's go. All right. I want to pray for all of you because I don't know what time it is, and I'm assuming it's time. So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this glorious Sunday. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the wind, Father. 
I thank you for this fellowship. Father, I thank you personally for Emerge. God, I thank you that we're one family in you. I thank you for new chapters, God. I thank you for transformation for our personal lives and the life of our community. And I pray, God, that you would guide us by your spirit. Let us see your face smiling down upon us today, Jesus. We love you, God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.